Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Turn in your Bibles with me, if you would, this morning to Colossians. Colossians chapter 2. Uh, we're going to cover the rest of Colossians chapter 2, and then we're going to pretty much close it out next week uh, dealing with Colossians chapter 3, the first part of chapter 4. And then the last part of chapter 4, although it's important, it really goes on and thanks a bunch of people for like nine verses, and so we might not do that part, but we will conclude probably next week with Colossians. And so Colossians chapter 2, uh, Caleb covered up to verse 8, but I'm going to pick it up in verse 6, and uh, then we're going to have a good time today. I believe. How many of you guys like having a good time in church? It's a good thing. Awesome. Well, I, I believe that today's message is going to be good. Um, I believe it's going to touch somebody. Um, I, today, my prayer is this, that no matter what burdens you came in with today, that you will leave just free in Jesus Christ and that you'll feel that freedom. And, you know, there's, there's burdens that seem really good burdens that are kind of religious burdens, and uh, those come upon us, and maybe sometimes we bring them upon ourselves. And uh, God doesn't want us to have those burdens as even as good as they look, right? Um, and then there's other burdens, burdens that just are obviously bad that sometimes we carry around on us, and even sometimes we put on others. But I believe that today as we get into the Word that you're going to be set free. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Colossians chapter 2, starting in verse 6, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Now that's important, okay? Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus. How did we receive Christ Jesus? Ephesians chapter 2 tells us. It says this, that we've been saved by grace, his grace, through faith. His divine sovereignty, our human responsibility was just as a response to his grace. So we're saved by grace, all from God, all his work, through his son Jesus Christ, on the cross, it's all about Jesus, always has been, always will be, his grace is sufficient, amen? There's a grace, but then there's the faith part, which is the human responsibility, which the faith part was given to us by God also. The Bible says in Romans that we've been given a measure of faith, and it's that measure of faith that we have that uh, gives us the ability to respond to his amazing grace, okay? So now look at this in Colossians. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus, how did I receive him? By grace, Okay, therefore, so walk in him, okay? Here, here's what I've realized is that sometimes when we get saved, as we go on and progress in our Christian life, we begin to complicate things. We begin to add to it. We begin to say, well, now I must do this, and maybe I should do that, and maybe if I did more of this, I would have more grace, as if we could earn his grace, and maybe if I went to more prayer meetings, and maybe if I went to more Bible studies, and maybe if I went to more community groups, and maybe if I had more Christian friends, and maybe if I prayed more and read the Bible more and tithed more and served more, and but all these things. Paul says this, as you received him, grace, so continue walking in him. Now that right there is a good message, amen? In other words, something's going on in the city of Colossae that Paul says, hold on a second, there's some people adding to this thing. There's some people putting some stuff on some people that really shouldn't be there, and so I need to set the record straight. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, faith. we got to continue to access his grace through faith. Grace and faith. Rooted and built up in him and established in faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Rooted, then built up. Rooted, then built up. Rooted, then built up. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy 
and empty deceit. According to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits. In other words, once again, don't let people add things to you. Don't let people teach you things that aren't of uh, uh, what Jesus Christ came to do. According to the elemental spirits or, or, or principal things of the world and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. If you believe that, say amen. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in the baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Amen. He took all of the judgment, all of the restrictions, all of the things that you thought you had to do, and he says, you know what, I'm going to take them upon me, and I'm going to pave a way for you to live for eternity. Amen. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. How did he do that? He was dead, but three days later he rose from the grave. Amen? And so he put everything else to shame. He put those principalities and powers to shame. They thought they were victorious. Jesus Christ rises and says, nope, not going to happen. Verse 16. Therefore let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink with regard to festival or, or new moon or Sabbath. This would be speaking of the Jewish traditions of the time. The festivals, the way they would wash things, the way they would eat, the, how they would prepare the meals. And Paul's saying, look, it's not about that anymore. That was a shadow pointing to the perfect one to come, Jesus. Okay? Don't, don't let people pass judgment on, uh, on you about that anymore. Verse 17, these are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one disqualify you insisting on asceticism and the worship of angels, going on in detail about visions, puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with the growth that is from God. If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world or the principal things, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to the regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. Referring to the things that all perish as they are used. According to human precepts and teachings, these have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism, which is, which is kind of beating the body into submission, and severity to the body, but they are of, of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. They are of no value in conquering sin. They are of no value of overcoming iniquity. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. I want to talk to you this morning on the subject of self-made religion. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word this morning. Lord, we thank you that your word is, is amazing. And God, I pray that Colossians would come alive to us today. 
uh, Lord, for those that are here, uh, and this is their church, that, God, you would speak to them. For those that are here, and maybe they're looking for a new church, that, God, whether they end up here or not, Lord, this message would speak to them today. And, God, I pray for the one this morning that's in here that is far from you. God, they don't know you yet. Open up their heart this morning that they could receive of eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Friday, I celebrated my 16th wedding anniversary with my beautiful bride, and we've had 16 amazing years of marriage. Year number 10, uh, we wanted to do something special, and so we started planning a trip, a getaway, uh, which we don't do often, away from the kids. And so we had, uh, we had grandma, grandpa fly in to watch the kids, and someone caught wind of the fact that we were trying to do something special to get away. And uh, so they picked up on this, and they went behind the scenes, unbeknownst to us, and they got us some money for airfare, and then they hooked us up uh, with a, uh, a timeshare in Puerto Verta. And so we were like, we found out, we were like, man, this is going to be the best anniversary ever, right? And so, man, we get to Puerto Verta. How many of you guys have been to Puerto Verta before? You've been there? You know, fun place, depending on, obviously, where you, you stay. And uh, so someone set us up a timeshare, no cost to us whatsoever, paid for the airfare, we got spending money, we're excited, we get there, and it's humid, come on somebody, right? (laughs) And so we get there, but man, we're away from the kids for like seven days, it is just us, it's like a honeymoon all over again, and we're excited, and we get to our our timeshare in Puerto Vallarta, and and, uh, we we get in, and it's, 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 it's okay, you know, it's not like the best, it's not that great, but you know, hey, it's free, come on somebody. Right? You don't complain. I mean, it could have been a tent on the beach, and you better not complain. It was free, okay? And so we get there, and it wasn't bad. We're right on the beach, and there's a little pool and whatnot, and so uh, we get there, but it wasn't what we had dreamed about. It wasn't like this, like, amazing Affinity Edge pool, you know, dipping over into the ocean, you know, sipping virgin margaritas on the beach, and... uh, and, what, you know, that wasn't that, you know, so I was a little like, ah, it's okay. So we stayed there the first day, and I could tell that she wasn't completely content, and so I said, I'm going to figure something out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find out if there's, you know, something else available. And so I go down to talk to them, and they said, well, we have another resort that's brand new. It's in Nueva Verta, which is, I guess, the new Puerto Verta, right? And, uh, <laughs> and you know, it's not that far away, and, and it's just going to cost you, like, maybe 200 bucks to upgrade to it. And I'm like, hey, 200 bucks, this is free. I haven't paid anything. Sure, let's do it. And so, uh, so the next day I go down to pay so they can, they can move us over to this other, other resort. And she goes, actually, you know what? I don't know how you got here. And I said, well, it's my friend's timeshare. Well, they are like the platinum, and you don't have to pay anything. We can just zoom you right over there in one of our cabs, and you're good to go. And I'm like, yes. The only thing we ask is that you attend one of our timeshare. Yeah, you've been there before, right? Right, we'll fly you to Hawaii, and you can stay, but we fly you back the very next day. I got one like that, no kidding. We could fly you to Hawaii, but you got to fly out on, uh, there on Wednesday, and you got to leave like Thursday. I'm like, wow, that sounds like fun. And so, you know, we, not, not a big deal. We'll go sit through this 90-minute presentation that turns into three hours. You all know how it goes, right? The presentation's fine. It's the bulldog at the end that sits there grilling you, right? And so we go, and man, we, this, this place is gorgeous. It has the pool we dreamt of. It has the virgin margaritas that sometimes weren't virgin, if you know what I'm saying. And, uh, <laughs> 
And we, we just had, we had a good time. And so we go to go to the timeshare presentation thing. And, and we go in and we sit through the little spiel. And of course, they take us right to the table with the sales guy. And, he, and I, just, I just was up front with him. I said, look, man, the only reason I'm sitting here right now is because they asked me to. I'm not interested. I don't want it. I don't need it. I don't want to pay for it. He was like, oh, well, let me ask you. And of course, he goes into his thing, right? And he's going on, I don't know, about an hour, and I'm just looking. I keep telling him, hey, man, we're not interested. We're good. Well, I mean, come on. This is a vacation spot. I mean, how, I mean, come on. I mean, this, all you have to do is pay this much money and do this and do that, and then there's some fees here, and you can come here whenever. And I said, bro, I paid zero, and I'm here now. <laughs> well, well, how did you do that? I said, I have a friend that pays all of that, and I just use him, and I, I don't pay nothing. He looked at me and goes, wow, you got a really good deal. You got some nice friends. I said, don't I, though? <laughs> Timeshares, let's be honest. If you have one right now, you wish you didn't. <laughs> let's be honest. Why? Because there's all of these extra things that you have to pay for, you have to do in order to enjoy the accommodations. And they tell you, like, oh, you can have all these dates, and then you try to book the date, and it's already booked. Come on, somebody. Man, we had something for free, and we did nothing for it, and it was absolutely the most amazing thing in the world. Why would I want to sign up for your time? Share. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what Paul is saying to the church at Colossae. Don't have timeshare Christianity. Jesus Christ paid it all. You don't have to pay it down. All you got to do is hop on the plane. Come on, somebody. Fly to that destination and enjoy the grace that comes to Jesus Christ. This is what Paul is saying. He is writing from prison. Do you remember this from the last couple weeks? Paul is writing from prison. And he is writing to the church in Colossae. Why is he writing to them? Because he's caught wind of some stuff that's taking place there. Now, mind you, this is before the days of, of internet. This is before the days of email. This is before the days of social media. Okay? So when he catches wind of it, it's probably been going on for months. So now something is ingrained in the people and even into the church. And Paul realizes how detrimental this is, and therefore we have the book that we call Colossians. This is detrimental to the church family. This is detrimental to the church of Jesus Christ. If I could summarize up what Paul says in this segment, he's simply saying this, listen, Jesus Christ paid for it all with his life so that you could have complete freedom. It's nailed to the cross. You never have to go back to it again. So why are you allowing other people coming in, schmoozing and trying to give you their timeshare? Trying to add to you things that you should be doing and take away from you things that you shouldn't be doing and judging you on something that I already fulfilled. Jesus. Paul catches wind of this. It's probably months down the road, so he's got some work to do. But Paul, he can't just jump on Facebook. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Done. This has been going on for months. Everything he writes has precision and it has care. I don't know how long it took him to write this, but it took a little while to get to the church in Colossae. And so every word had to have power, every word had to have punch, every word had to have meaning, and it had to break something down that had been taking place. It wasn't, it, see, I know, I've, I, I'm Facebook friends with some of you people. Yeah. 
And I know, Paul was not a cryptic Facebooker. What he said, he actually meant. You all know what I talk talk about, the cryptic Facebooker. That was interesting. (laughs) The whole world can see it. Oh, what was interesting? What happened? Oh, not again. Can't believe that happened. (laughs) See, some of you out there, you know who I'm talking about right now. You're an attention seeker is what you are. The cryptic Facebook. You know, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? That, that's not Paul. Paul wasn't just like, oh, here goes the church again. Paul was like, there's some stuff out there I got to take care of. In prison. And every intentional dip of the ink, every intentional stroke of that pen was to break something down. And it wasn't like the days of faith. I mean, you, you put that up there and then someone's like, hey, you really need to take that down off your Facebook. And you can go and hit delete. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Maybe you don't have a wife like mine. I, I can't. She comes and says, Ben, you, you can't post that as a, as a pastor. Why? I really do want that person out of the church. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> and I can delete it. This got written down, and here we have it now some 2,000 years later. Why do we still have this today? Because God knew that what was taking place back then would still be prevalent today and that you and I would need to hear the words that Paul had to say to break down self-made religion. Self-made religion, it looks good from the outside. Paul even says it. It has a wisdom to it, element, and it looks good, but it promotes self-made religion. You, you, you can kind of, yeah, oh man, that person right there, man, they are. Looks good. But it leads to self-made religion, and Paul said that's not acceptable. Jesus Christ did the work. It's final, it's complete, it's thorough, it's supreme, it's superior, Period. He also writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy, chapter 3, I believe it is, and he says, hey, Timothy, in the last day, people are going to have a form of godliness, but it's going to lack all power. Having a form of godliness, but lacking the power of God. So this, this, this message is for us today. This message is for us today. Self-made Religion. I've come to the realization of this in, in my, my 15 years of being a pastor that from youth pastor, young adult pastor to now, that a lot of times as Christians, we would rather look godly than rather get down into stuff and live godly. And so we promote self-made religion because if I show up tonight to first Sunday, I'm like a Christian. If I raise my hands in worship, look at those spiritual muscles. I am so much more godly than the person worshiping like this. Self-made religion. Self-made religion. How does self-made religion show up in the church today? If Paul was saying it to them back, back then, and he wrote it out so we could have it today, they had a way that it looked back then. How does it look today? Let me give you a few ways that it might look today. Colossians. Paul is saying, man, don't let people judge you. Don't let people deceive you. Don't be deceived by their philosophies. Okay, all of this plays today. How does it look today? Let me give you a few of them. Here's one thought. A higher level of commitment equals a higher level 
of godliness. The more committed I am to this church, the more godly I am. And I'm sure that for some of you sitting out there, maybe you're, you're not that person, but you've looked at other people and you thought, man they, man, they were here at eight cleaning up the church. They must be really close to God. I am, but... Now, if I was to ask for a show of hands, I'm sure some of you, yeah, that, that, that crossed my mind before. They must be like, I wish I could be that godly and come and clean at eight. Higher level of commitment equals a higher level of godliness as if we could earn God's grace. Right? As if we could do something to earn the right to be closer to God. Now listen to me. Can we get closer to God? Yes. The Bible says, draw near to him and he will draw near to you. But the last time I checked, the way we draw near to God isn't by serving more, although if he's asking you to serve, you serve. The way we draw near to God, what does the Bible say? Draw near to his throne of mercy and grace so that you can obtain grace and have it in a time of need. How do I do that, man? I just, man, I just want to get into the presence of God. Sometimes that's prayer. Sometimes that's reading. Sometimes that's worship. Sometimes it's sitting there doing absolutely nothing. But I feel like sometimes in church world, and then here's the people on the outside looking in, and sometimes we can portray this picture of to be a Christian, I've, I must do this, or I must do that. Higher level of commitment equals a higher level of godliness. Untrue. We can't earn God. Listen to me. I don't do all of the things I do. I don't come early in the morning I don't, I don't, you know, read more of the Bible, pray more, serve more, do those things so that I can obtain more of his grace so that I can be closer to him. I've obtained his grace, and therefore by his grace I am closer to him, and because I'm close to him, I want to do all these things. It's a completely different train of thought. When, when, when you look at my life and the way I live and what I do, it's not because I'm trying to be a pastor. It's not because I'm trying to get closer to God. I am close to God because of the grace that came through Jesus Christ. But because I'm close to God, now I want to do all of these things because I want to build his kingdom rather than my own kingdom. Man, when I go, when we run a little, wouldn't that ad cool, right? How many of you guys thought the other dude was going to invite the other dude, Right? I mean, when I'm telling people about Jesus and inviting people to church, it's not because I get a little gold star up in heaven. Oh, you, your mansion just got bigger. I mean, you had cobblestones of gold, now you've got pavement of gold. You're, I mean, here. No, I do these things because I realize that Jesus Christ has set me free and there's so much freedom being in Jesus Christ that I want you to be free also. That's why I do these things. When I invite people to church, why do I want Canvas Church to grow? Because if Canvas Church grows, we have more influence. We can see more people saved. We can see more marriages healed. We can see more, more children. Are you with me this morning? I'm not doing all those things so that God, look, look at Canvas and what we've done. Am I accepted now? How do we do this? How does self-made religion prevalent today? Unrealistic expectations. Unrealistic expectations. 
things placed on people that you're expected to do or things we place on ourselves that we're expected to do. Oh, man, I missed that one verse. I messed it up. I got it wrong. I gave them the wrong context. Ugh, they're not going to get saved now. This expectation that you, you can't mess up. Or if I did mess up, oh, the presence of God just left. Unrealistic expectations. These get placed on people, and people feel guilty if they don't do it. I remember one church that I was actually working at, and my wife uh, was on part-time staff there, and, and for a season had to take that time off because we had our first child, Kara, about 11 years ago. And I remember uh, the pastor's wife coming to Kay and said, hey, are you coming to church tonight? Or to prayer tonight? And uh, no, I'm not going to be at prayer tonight. You know, baby, you know, three months old, just had her. You know, I'm not going to be there tonight. Oh, Oh, okay. Well, I mean, if you're feeling too overwhelmed and too busy with everything, I mean, maybe you shouldn't do this, this, and this, and this either then. Maybe you shouldn't speak at the women's event next, next month then. I mean, if you're feeling too overwhelmed, no, I just, I just wasn't going to come prayer tonight. <laughs> now I'm feeling overwhelmed, right? <laughs> and these expectations that got placed on her. Expectations that get placed on us, on other people. Do this, do that. It creates a culture of exclusivity. If, if we do all of these things, then whew, someone's going to get free today, I feel it. The, the gospel isn't a message about doing. The gospel is a message about it's already done. It's already done. It's already done. It's already done. Now listen, we're not preaching a message of, of laziness. Listen to what I'm saying. You can do nothing to earn his grace. You can do nothing. Jesus Christ did it all. And all you got to do is say yes. And because of his grace, now, now, oh man, if you've truly been captured by his grace. Uh, pull up 1 Thessalonians 4.11. Do we have that? 1 Thessalonians 4.11. Listen to this. And to aspire, because here, here's what we, we preach sometimes. We preach, do, 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 do. Come on, you got it. Listen to this one. This is Paul. And to aspire to live quietly and to mind your own affairs and to work with your hands as we instructed you. Where's that message? Hey, guys, not everybody's called to do this. But you are called to do this, to aspire to live quietly, peaceably with all people, and to mind your own affairs. Make sure it's in order. Make sure you're living in a godly way. You, yourself, your family. And to work with your hands as we instructed you. Man, that's... <sighs> kind of takes the weight off, doesn't it? All right. Because here's the thing. With unrealistic expectations, it's, has anybody ever peeled an onion before? It makes you cry. So do unrealistic expectations. But that's actually not where I was going with it. That was good, though. When you peel an onion, you get it peeled, but there's always another layer to peel back. And then another layer to peel back. And then another layer to peel back. And then another layer to peel back. 
With unrealistic expectations, the same thing happens. You finally fulfill that expectation. I came to first Sunday. Look at me. And then you miss the next one. You're like, where were you? Oh. With unrealistic expectations, you can never quite get this. It's like peeling the onion back, and you think, oh, another something I must do. And not only that, it begins to program you as a Christian to be works-oriented rather than grace-oriented. Good message, Pastor Ben. Unrealistic expectations. Here's the only expectation that gets put on you, right? Be holy, for I, the Lord God, am holy. It's a pretty big one, though. That's not why. That's big. Be holy, for I am the Lord God, am holy. But here's what happens. We look at that, and we begin to add our own definitions to that. Holiness means this. Holiness means that. I can't smoke, chew, or hang out with the girls that do. Because that's nasty. But that's holy. And we add all of these things when he said, be holy for I, I the Lord God, am holy. And then we begin, to, we, we begin in our minds and we begin to teach others, well, this is what that means. If you even think about thinking about thinking about thinking about a girl, you're going to hell but I'm a man and I want to get married. Stop it! (laughs) Be holy! Hmm. This is good. How do we do this? We do it through what what we like to call litmus test Christianity. Litmus test. What's a litmus test? So what kind of church are you? What do you mean? Well, I mean, are you a missional church? Yeah, we have a mission statement. No. No, are you missional? What do you mean? I mean, are you going out every single day to reach the degenerates? What kind of church are you? Uh, What do you mean? Well, I, I mean, are you a teaching church? We are clearly not a teaching church. What, what kind of, what kind of? I, I, I have rarely anybody asked me this question. Hey, does your church love Jesus? Yes, I'm in. Does your church love Jesus? Yes, we do. We love Jesus. Awesome, I'm in. I'm there. Pastor's pretty funny, too. We have a litmus test radical, missional, gospel centered, organic. What does that mean? What if we just said, hey, we, we, we're a loving Jesus church. And for God so loved the world that he gave Jesus to us because without him we're going to hell. That's the kind of church we are. Awesome. How does that come out? Sometimes it comes out radical. Sometimes it comes out missional. Sometimes it comes out evangelistic. Sometimes it comes out teaching. We love Jesus. Litmus test. Legalism. Legalism. Sometimes that self Made religion comes out as legalism. Now, I love you, Mom, but I'm going to share a little bit of my past here. I'm too big for her to take me over her knee and spank me anymore, so. <laughs> Plus, I'm faster than her. I can run. <laughs> she can't catch me. 
My parents grew up in a, in a very legalistic era. And because they grew up in that era, that's all they knew, and so therefore that was passed down into me and my three older brothers. And so I grew up in a home where cards, playing cards, are of the devil. I mean, bad. Because if you play rummy, eventually you're gonna play poker, and if you play poker, you're gonna end up in a casino. If you end up in a casino, you're gonna have a gambling addiction. If you have a gambling addiction, you're gonna lose everything and go to hell. Just wanted to play go fish with my nine-year-old friend. <laughs> Cards of the devil. So I didn't know this, though, until one day I walked into my old, I have three older brothers, two of them are, are way older, they're old, right? And so I'm younger, I'm like eight, and I walk in, and I hop and open the door, and I see them, and they're on the bed, and they have cards, and there's a pile of change sitting there. I'm like, what are you guys doing? They're like, close the door, close the door, close the door, close the door. I'm like, what? They're like, shh, mom can never find out about this. I'm like, Why? Because these right here are demons. I'm like, whoa. Wow, okay. Why are you playing with demons? You know? I'm like, what, what are you guys doing? We're playing penny poker. Can I play penny poker? No. I'm telling mom, okay, you can play, right? So at eight, come on, somebody. I'm playing penny poker. Why? We're hiding it because cards are evil. This is the era I, I grew up in. I did not see my, my first movie until I was 16 years old. <laughs> Somebody got crushed. Like, oh, my heart goes out to you. Pastor Ben. It was Return of the Jedi. Come on, somebody. Not a bad first movie to see in a theater. Come on now. But see, my parents didn't know any better. But I remember, I remember they came and talked, come on, let's just try it, and we went, and it was, and guess what? By the end of the movie, I was still saved. I still went to church, and I was not demon-possessed. Come on, somebody. Man, I grew up, that, that, that's what my parents grew up under, okay? I mean, back in that era, they were more concerned about what was in your refrigerator rather than what was in your heart. They walk over to your refrigerator. Ah! There's a beer, beer, beer. There's a beer in your fridge. Oh, no. I don't know how that got there. Honestly, I don't. The milkman dropped off the wrong container. I don't know. I don't know how that got there. I mean, if you had a beer in your fridge, you're probably going to hell. But if you have a critical negative spirit, it was just a character flaw to be worked out. Last time I read the Bible, Jesus drank wine with his disciples and some other people. But a critical negative spirit, he condemned. Someone just got set free. Now, I'm not saying on your way home, go pick up a six-pack, but if you want to, go ahead. <laughs> what I am saying is that for so long, we've been focused on all of these lists of do's and don'ts. And Paul is saying, guys, Christ Jesus set you free. And whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Be free, go to a movie, and crack open a beer. Okay, 
I said that intentionally, and here's why. Because the minute I said that, some of you are like, oh, oh, like, I don't know about this guy. True. My wife will discipline me later, but I said it on purpose because some of you still, I'm not so sure about that. I mean, I, I mean, if I do this or if I do, I, I don't know. This is a good message. Yeah, I see the amens have kind of slowly tapered off. <laughs> I'm not so sure about this guy. Let me, let me take it, just, and we'll finish up here. Here's what, I, here, here's what happens with legalism, extra fences and rules. Extra fences and rules. So uh, God has a rule in his Bible that says don't fornicate. It's in there. What is fornication? That's having sex outside of, of marriage, okay? Don't fornicate. It's a sin. So what we do is we add an extra fence fat and we say, you know what? Don't dance. Because dancing will eventually, it's going to stir up emotions and desires and you will not be able to control yourself. And so we, matter of fact, if you look at all the Jewish festivals and celebration, they all involve dancing. So, but, but you know what? It might, so we should just add that in there. God rule, don't fornicate. Our rule, self-made religion, don't dance. Here's another God rule. Don't love money. Here's what we add to it, extra fence. Can't drive expensive cars or live in a big house. If you do, you are clearly embezzling money from the church, Pastor. Maybe I was just wise with my money or had really rich in-laws. Come on, somebody. Here's a God rule. Don't get drunk. It's in the Bible. Don't get drunk. That is a sin. You're drunk, you're in sin. Don't get drunk. Here's what we add to it. Don't drink ever, period. Why? Because that causes drunkenness. Okay. Nowhere in the Bible does it say don't drink. It clearly says don't get drunk. We add an extra fence. Well, because the real sin is, is what the Bible says is self-control. I mean, if you absolutely lack self-control, then please don't drink. But the sin isn't the drink. The sin is your lack of self-control. Well, I'm feeling it. Where's the organ? Oh, it's on. Don't drink ever. Sorry, I haven't been here in a while, and so I'm, I'm sorry, I haven't been here in a while. Please, if this is not your normal church, come back next week. Jesus, come back. Thank you. Hmm. I blew it, didn't I? It's over.
There's God rules and then there's man-made fences and rules. And self-made religion begins to become prevalent in church and in our society because we're not living by this, but we're living by what we think this is. And we begin to add what it means to be, be holy, for the Lord God is holy. And we begin to add all these things. Well, God must have meant this. But if we don't have biblical precedent for it, we are entering into self-made religion. And this is what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, listen, here's the problem. When we enter into self-made religion, we, we, we begin to put on everybody else what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. And see, the Holy Spirit might be speaking to you, hey, don't dance. Then you should not dance. But that doesn't mean the Holy Spirit is giving everybody else the same memo. The Holy Spirit might be speaking to you, hey, don't drink, therefore you better not drink. But the Holy Spirit isn't giving everybody else the same memo. We begin to place our personal convictions on people and we begin to create self-made religion. Because if God's speaking it to me, surely God's gotta be speaking it to everybody else. But that is not the case. Listen to me, Holy Spirit trumps. And if the Holy Spirit is saying, I want you to serve more, then serve more. But don't serve more to try to obtain more of God because it won't work. If the Holy Spirit is telling you, hey, you should be a part of First Sunday because, man, I'm going to unload my presence upon you tonight, then you better be here. But don't show up tonight thinking, man, Pastor Ben preached a message and I should probably get there tonight so he sees me. Paul is saying, guys, I, I, I'm telling you that Jesus Christ came to set you free. John 8, in whom the Son sets free, is free indeed. Now that you're free, don't allow somebody else to come and put all of these judgments, restrictions, and things on you because I've taken them, I've nailed them to the cross, and you are free. And you need to live in liberty and in freedom. Self-made religion might look good, it might look wise. It might look like that person has it all together, but it has absolutely no power in conquering any sin, any iniquity, any of the flesh. It is already conquered, it is already done through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. It's supreme, it's superior, it's complete, period. God, thank you for your word today. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.